Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a first Friday miracle edition of the program, Merely Bo, the great Z. How you living? Try it, try it. Good. You got it. Yeah, baby. I wasn't getting any feedback on those taps up or down. Up or down now. So now, now we're you're in the mix. Now it's all there. It's I would just all tell it's game so, week. Game week. We've got the voice on in yes. like 15 minutes. Yes. So this is fantastic news to have the voice on. Yes. Um, when I walked in here today. Yeah. And I see the felt pens. Oh, baby. And I see the boards. There's a coding system. There are notes. Oh, yeah. It's all happening, brother. Hard to read, though, to be perfectly honest with you. Is it you. too much? You got too much going on. There's too many kids. You got There's too many, many people. And yeah. I think that I realized, like, last year at this time, I was so pumped because I was like, oh, my God, I'm doing yeah. a preseason game, and I was so juiced. And then this year, I'm like 180 people, and, like, <laughs> there's just not enough. I would need a board, like, the size of this desk to really have be able to, <laughs> to see what I've written. So I've just kind of made little – some information, but more kind of, like, little notes to myself of things that I already know in my brain that will make me – bring that up at times and then where i was able to get into like so you still have the back that's where i can get all the good stuff on mond and dtr and you know where i need a little bit more than the one line that the preseason affords you for a player i'll I'll get that in there so it's good that's good yeah feeling good with it excited that we got a game excited we're gonna have the voice on excited to be back in the booth with him which i think is gonna be awesome so many people have been asking and you know he will he'll you'll hear straight from the the horse's mouth and about 13 minutes or so, but it, we also it, hear about horses. You get it's it all. Lock. You're going to get it content. All. You're going to get that too. You're going to get it all. So yeah, it's good. The felt pens are nice. I've noticed the coaches have a nice stash. And I think at this point I've befriended enough of them that I'll be able to be like, yo, can you, Oh, they've got a nice, we, see, we used these. to had, we used, used to, to have, have these. them. No, and then psh, not gone, gone, goners. Yeah, not anymore. Absolutely goners. Um, so we don't have those anymore. So it was very good to see those, to see yeah. the felt tips with you. Have you seen a game played? down there have you been to a game there no um it was a high school game admittedly but um since they've done the renovations i was at a high school game down there and um pretty great pretty i'm great excited to watch a football game i'm yeah, excited every seat's great small venue obviously right. compared to what we're used to intimate. but like very intimate but um you know you're all on top of it and you're gonna get you know like i mean this isn't false hope like you're gonna get to see two young quarterbacks um, one of which is going to have a chance to be the long-term backup solution to Deshaun Watson here mm-hmm. and potentially could develop in this offense under something else in this organization, perhaps an asset and a starter somewhere else down the road. That would be the objective, whether it be Mond or DTR. And on the other side, like Zach Wilson's going to play. Yeah, he's number two, pick, number in, the two draft. pick in the draft. He you know? started. I mean, he's, yeah, yeah like 
you look at it and yeah, from that standpoint, you're gonna get you're gonna get Zach Wilson, you're gonna get Tim Boyle, who if people Browns fans remember, Tim Boyle TB12 they called him, was the starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions in a game that was played here at First Energy in some not great conditions that the Browns were able to come out on top. So you're gonna get their two quarterbacks who will play have both started games in the National Football League. And maybe we'll see Chris Steveler, the uh, third-year man out of South Dakota later on. But Wilson started, second overall pick. Boyle has started games as well uh, in his fifth season in the league. And so their quarterbacks have more game experience than ours. This will be yeah. the first time. You know, Kellen Mond, I think, has thrown two passes for five yards or completed two passes for five yards and back in his rookie season with Minnesota and some mop-up duty. But this will be – the most extensive action they've seen, and you're going against, and neither one of them started a game. Obviously, DTR is a rookie. Now, both played a ton in college, a ton. Yep. But that'll be interesting to see, and I think that's good for our defense, our young guys, because you're going to be playing guys that, whether they have, you know, in the case of Boyles, had to bounce around, or in the case of, you know, Zach Wilson, they said, okay, going into year three is the number two overall pick, not good enough. We're going to bring in Aaron Rodgers. These are guys who have played NFL defenses before and have had at least on some level some modicum yeah. of success yeah and i you know for me preseason whether we're in it or not what i'm what i get excited about is show me the young guys yeah you know what do the young guys look like so from our vantage point you get the two quarterbacks we're talking about you get to see cedric tillman who had a great catch yesterday in practice sensational catch down the sidelines yeah so you're going to get those type of things that you can say hey well let, let's see how this looks so that there's there's big value in that and i think from a fan perspective, there's big entertainment in that. Yeah. Well, I want to see, too. You get Dorian Thompson-Robinson sometime in the second half. I'd like to see him with Felton in the backfield, Cedric Tillman there in the huddle. And you think about he played with with Demetric Felton at UCLA. Yeah. He went to high school with and played with Cedric Tillman. So that'll be some familiarity. I think that'll be fun for all three of them to get an opportunity to do that. Those are the kind of little stories that are that are fun about this game. I'm excited to see Luke Whipler and, and Dewan Jones, the two Buckeye yep. linemen that the Browns drafted, see what they can do. And going back to Tillman, and one of the things I was going through getting ready here, I knew that his dad had played in the NFL. Did you know who his dad played with in college? Oklahoma? No. Air McNair at Alcorn State. Oh, my his gosh. His dad was catching yeah. passes from Air McNair. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. So, yeah, this is going to be a, this is going to be a fun one. I think that there are plenty of guys on this Browns team that are really names, you know, that are fighting, you know, Anthony Schwartz. It's kind of now or never. Right. And, and right now I'd say he's a long shot, but you know, he goes out and torches everybody in these games. Maybe you rethink things, you know, David Bell, I don't think is in any type of jeopardy with his roster spot per se being a third rounder last year, but you want to see him go and look like the guy yep. that was the big 10 receiver of the year. You know, I think it's a, for Demetric Felton and John Kelly, John Kelly's been on our practice squad basically since 2020 Felton was six round pick in 21. Those two guys are trying to say, no, I can be that third running back. You don't need to go outside to get that third running back. And there's a running back on the, on the jets who, if they do sign Dalvin cook and surprising, that's taken a little bit longer, but that, Michael Carter, the young man out of North Carolina, is somebody who could be released if they make that. They drafted a Benaconda out of Pitt, who I think I like a lot. That guy's a stud. Um, we'll see a lot of him in this game. But with Brees Hall, Zonovan Knight, and then if they have you know the draft yeah, pick right. and out, they're going to cut a running back. And Michael Carter's a name that people think would maybe have a good chance to end up here with the Cleveland Browns. So he's somebody he to, nice. to keep an eye on. He was nice at Carolina. He was yeah. on that team with Sam Howell yeah. um, and Javante. They were all yes, uh, our guy right, before our guy the injuries all happened. I know that because I watch a lot of ACC. Yeah, you do. 
Yeah, you do. How how your depth? I'm sure it's like you and the ACC, and me and the Pac-12. That's really? why we sep- we take our knowledge around the country. Obviously, you're the Big Ten guy, duh. But yeah, sometimes you gotta just let people know. You know what? I like that Pac-12. I, th- I liked it. I thought it was perfect. I was I loved it. I thought it was great. I'll tell you I this: it. it is I true. It. If there is no, any no, college football leave, that I I'm watch, for it. It's Pac-12. Yeah. That's it. Sometimes we're on the road in the hotels. That's the only thing that's on at like 11 o'clock at night. You know what? You're not going to be able to watch it anymore. Because it doesn't exist. <laughs> well, for now it does, but not for much longer. The best they could do was what amounts to about a $20 million a year deal, Apple Plus only with a subscription model. No. So your conference is over. That's the end of it. Yeah. The uh, guy, the board, board meeting at the University or at Arizona, which actually I didn't realize this, the board, the Arizona board oversees both Arizona and Arizona State. Mm. Uh, the quote coming out of that was, this is not a viable option for programs with options. So it sounds like both Arizonas could be Big 12 bound. Quickly. You know, it. look, you the fact of the matter is Arizona, Bear Down, Zago, the start of my The great pack, Zago. At the original six-pack and then to the Pac-10 and then to the Pac-12, my affinity has spanned many, many decades. Big 12 is a good place for them because it, the fact is it's a basketball school. Good hoops, man. And it'll be, you know, now you'll be them. You get Kansas and yeah. Baylor. Baylor. Lots. Texas Tech played for a national championship two years ago. Oklahoma yeah. State's been good You're in recent get, years. you got West Virginia. You're going to get some good yeah. hoops there. Yeah. That's going to be the hoops conference. That's what they're – well, they're just trying to get – they're the catch-all. They, they, could, they might go upwards to 30 teams, and they're just going to say, we don't have any of the best, but we got a, everything else. I would – and tell me if I'm wrong, though – that would be the best basketball conference, wouldn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's sure. just what so they need to focus. That's what they yeah, are. But the, the football drives the bus, and they would be yeah. they would be well down the list on the on the football side of things. Well, unless you get those defections out of the ACC that were rumored, then all of a sudden that it's doesn't make sense. SEC, though, Big of, Ten, and Big Twelve, yeah, distant I mean, third. The the stuff coming out of the it doesn't make sense because the money would have the they. Those people down there, like the guy with the Florida State Board of Trustees who's making all these comments, like he's talking as if he has a Big Ten or SEC offer. Yeah. And if he doesn't, then it doesn't make sense. because what he, if he has, does? It would be so stupefying from a Big Ten perspective. It would go against everything that they've talked about for decades with expansion, other than one, football. Like it would, that's the one thing, well, which yeah. trumps all. Yeah. But they've always held back. I mean, the reason they have Maryland and Rutgers and those is because – of the other things sometimes having more power than the football side of things. I'm just saying, Clemson and Florida State. Oh, that'd be a big boost. Pretty yeah. good yeah, if you the took, old if, Big Ten. There's all sorts of rumors. Um, you know, luckily I have a platform where I did this for three hours this morning. I bet. All this. Yeah. Yeah. So Did you dive into uh, any the ACC and any Pac-12 action? I, spend, I, st- I did spend a lot. I thought about having you on just so you could give me like a breakdown of yeah. this year's Pac-10. Yeah. Um, Pac nine rather well, now, yeah. Well, Pac ten for this year. For this year, who knows what it'll be going forward? Um, I did like they should have just stayed Pac ten. That was their big. Pac ten was the best. That was the name. They, I know they were the Pac eight before it, but they should. They were the six pack originally, right? Weren't they? Yeah, was so. it USC, UCLA, Cal, Stanford? I'm not sure who the other six would have been. Maybe Arizona. Other two. Arizona, Arizona State. Could be. I don't yeah. know. Um, all right, so we have a Hall of Fame game tomorrow. We had a walkthrough this morning, and then they will meet the rest of the day, and then tomorrow we will go down to Canton and play the game. And that's the way that that thing's going to get going. It's fun to get it going. Um, I'm not blowing smoke. I think there's a lot of fun for a Browns fan in this game, other than the fact that the Hoff will be there, and we're all there to honor the Hoff and his Hoffness. Um, I do think that this is a fun one with the quarterbacks and Wilson yeah. on their side. Like uh, Tillman is fun to watch. Go ahead. 
All right, so it actually started with Cal, okay. Oregon, Oregon State, the University of Washington in the year 1915. Then they expanded in 1970 to include Washington State and Stanford. And then it would go on and you would add in USC and UCLA in the 1920s. So the original six were Cal, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford. Then you added UC USC and UCLA by 1928. And so that that's was a long was... time that they've had that, that core of teams. Yeah. And then they oh, added the Arizonas sure. later. And then you got the Arizonas in there later. Yeah. But they had those core eight for a long time. Long time. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and all about to disintegrate. All right. Lots to get to on the Sad. program, including – the Voice, who will join us yes. coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily. Let's go. Brought to you by Ballybet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. With that, we head out on the Twisted Tea hotline for the voice of the Cleveland Browns. He's the great Jim Donovan. It is brought to you by Twisted Tea, Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. I'll be damned, Jim, if we're not going to start where I want to start, and that's on the ponies and the Ponderosa. How's everything going this summer? <laughs> you know what? Way to go. That's the way we always lead this off. That's right. Uh, Everything's going good. Um, myself and the horses, we've had a lot of time together over the last couple of months. And uh, if this was an episode, if they were remaking the television show Mr. Ed, because Mr. Ed could talk, I think if our horses could talk, I think they would say, hey, Jim, is it about time you go and do a football game and we kind of get a little space? <laughs> and I agree with them. <laughs> that is music to everybody's ears. Yeah, and the right good there, news is the theirs. answer is yes. Tomorrow. The answer so, is yes. Yeah, the answer is Let yes. everybody know how you're doing. And, and yeah. obviously, everywhere I go, every, that the first thing people ask me is not about the football team. It's how's Jim doing? How's yep. Jim doing? And, and I think that we're very fortunate that we've got some good news. So, Jim, please let everybody know what's going on and that what you, they can expect from you tomorrow night. Well, i got to tell you, it's like a Super Bowl for me tomorrow night because uh, it's, it's been a long road. And yeah. um, I'm doing really well. I really am. And... Everything uh, that has had to happen has really fallen into place because I've got the best of medical minds at the Seidman Cancer Center at University Hospitals. And those doctors and those nurses have all been with me and pushing me. And uh, I said to them, hey, listen, I'd really love to be ready to go, you know, to do the Hall of Fame game. And they said, yep, that's exactly what the plan is going to be. And lo and behold, I'll be there tomorrow night. But medically, things are going well. I mean, I have had uh, an awful lot of chemotherapy, and it's rugged, and it's tough, but it has been effective. Um, but this is only, you know, this is only uh, a major step, and I think they're very pleased. I have gone into, uh, in cancer terms, I have gone into a remission state, which is a real victory right now. Yes. Uh, there's another stage to this that is going to have to fall in place. So in football terms, I would put it this way. It's halftime, and I'm ahead. God bless. We love God it. bless you, buddy. Yes. Um, 
when as as you're pointing, you know, it's I thought it's interesting. You said it's your Super Bowl, and of course you've called so many big things over the course of your career. Um, but I also understand that too, because I imagine that this is something that you have pointed towards while you're going through this this treatment, this normalcy of doing yeah. what you love and what you're the very best, I think, in the world at, which is calling football games. Yeah, you you know, Bo, you really um, for anybody that is going through this in whatever walk of life uh, they have chosen. You really do need goals um, yeah. because you, you have to be able to get to the line, the finish line, hopefully, uh, or the midpoint line. And uh, you, it's, it's important to really set a goal for yourself. And this was a goal for me was to be OK and, and, and really showing progress and to be able to kind of get back to my life. And I've been able to do that. And it's been good. And it's uh, it's been a lot of work. Um, and I've got an amazing family. But I will tell you, too, um, you know, Browns fans and you guys on the show, um, you know, in the Browns organization, they've, you know, been kind of the wind in my sails, too, because uh, they really push you to, hey, listen, you know, get better. We're all pulling for you. We're praying for you. And um, it, it really makes you, you know, really take a seat and say, gosh, you know, you have so many people that really care about you. And yeah. you really have to do everything they tell you to do so you can get better. And I certainly have. Whatever the instructions are, I do them twofold. There's no doubt that's the way that you apply yourself to everything you do, which is why you are so successful and, and are the voice of the Cleveland Browns that you are. And it, it is great. It's great. I'm so excited. Got to see Jim earlier today. He was out here yep. doing some interviews. As I said, he looks stout. He looks good. So I'm pumped <laughs> to get back in there with you. And, and hopefully we have a lot of fun things to, to call and, you know, talk about this year. Obviously, the, the Hall of Fame game is very different. We're not going to see any of the stars. This is not going to be Deshaun Watson <laughs> against Aaron Rodgers. But – you know, some young guys who have a chance maybe to make an impact and, and make this roster. So what are you kind of just looking for going into this one from the Browns? And then overall, just kind of your thoughts right now on this team as we get ready for the 2023 season. Well, it will be, you know, magic being back up in the booth with you yep. and Gerard down on the sideline and Jason Gibbs and our whole broadcasting family. That's going to be great. Um, I will tell you this before, you know, you talk about the football part. Um, I think Nathan and everybody that wasn't there in 1999 when the team came back and their first game back was the Hall of Fame game. I think the first thing you're going to feel is an electricity. And I know the game is held every year and different teams are there. But when you bring the Cleveland Browns down to play in the Hall of Fame game, it is really yeah. something. And I, I will never forget in 1999 when those orange helmets came out of the locker room and, and started to come down this mini hill onto the, onto the playing field. I, I have to tell you, it was just one of the most emotional times because so many people, millions of people, did so much work to get the team back. So I think with the Joe Thomas part of the equation and the Browns being there um, and the recognition earlier on the day coming up on Thursday of the life of Jim Brown, I think you're going to feel an awful lot of emotion and electricity that maybe isn't in the game year to year if you just have the New Orleans Saints playing, yep. you know, the yeah. Miami Dolphins. So it's going to be very special. Now, as far as the football thing is concerned, some player, hopefully more than one, is going to make a name for himself tomorrow night. It just always happens. And it might be an undrafted free agent that just really pops. Josh Cripps had it happen in a preseason game that really put him on the map. Somebody's going to be able to do it. DeAnthony Bell last year. You know, the kid that was undrafted and came in 
and, you know, really fought his way through the waves of players on the roster. And all of a yeah. sudden he started to make plays in games. And that's what you look for tomorrow night. Plus, when you see young quarterbacks come out and get their first opportunity, like Tim Couch did in 1999 and Dorian Thompson Robinson will tomorrow, that's a very special moment, too, for him and for everybody else. I, I, I'm just struck by the full circle feeling of it, of 99 and that first time that you had, that the Cleveland Browns had taken the football field after all they had been through and you were there and you experienced the emo emotion of that. Yeah. And then you think about the, the full circle, Jim, of Joe Thomas, the, the first modern era Brown or this incarnation of the Browns going into the Hall of Fame. Like, if you think about the things that have been best about this organization over a 20-plus year period, you and Joe are at the top of that list. <laughs> Deke's listens, so probably Deke, too. I mean, yeah, I'll give Deke, Deke a yeah. little bit of love. Uh, my man Z over here. But, I mean, like, Joe has been the kind of the point of excellence through all of this. And so to have a Brown go in to see Joe yeah. down there, and we all know what type of human he is, um, boy, that ad, you talk about electricity. I, I think you're going to get that in spades tomorrow. Absolutely. He was such a perfect fit for us here in Cleveland and for the football team and the organization and the position of left tackle. I mean, he was just – he was perfection. He really was. And I know he strove for that uh, every time he went out onto the football field. And a lot of times it had to be personal because the team-wise, you know, didn't measure up to what his talent was at his particular craft. But I, I will tell you this, uh, you know, he's a very, very – special part of uh, of Cleveland because he really embraced the town and the town embraced him. What a perfect choice that was. If you could do that all the time in the draft, if you could pick a guy and then you take him number three overall in the draft and you put him out at a position like left tackle and then you come back 11 years later and you say, wow, that worked out really well. We'd be at parades in February a lot because uh, mm -hmm. that's the kind of player he was. And so I think a lot of people are really excited about that. And you're right. I mean, we haven't had a lot to crow about in the new era of the, of the Cleveland Browns. We've been through a lot of different weaving and bobbing, but not with Joe Thomas. It was steady as you go, straight ahead. Just a perfect, perfect player and a perfect player in Cleveland. It's exactly right, and this is going to be a celebration of him, and obviously you hope this football team goes out there and puts in a performance, you know, befitting of a guy like the Hoff, and you think that, you know, the Browns draft Dewan Jones, a guy named Thanos, who plays the tackle position, and oh, you know, yeah. this will be his first opportunity to Browns uniform. You just hope that there it is that something kind of special there, and, and yeah, I think this is going to be an incredible week for this organization. Um, and really kind of all the, the football eyes will be on the Cleveland Browns. And I think it'll be fun for these young guys to know that the whole eyes of the league and everybody are on them in this game. Uh, but when you think about this team, Jim, and, and you think about what this year could be, kind of where are you? Well, you know they were away in the Greenbrier. Yeah. They've come right. back. I know you got a chance to talk with Coach Stefanski, but kind of when you look at this roster on paper and, and you look at this coaching staff with the additions of Jim Schwartz and Bubba Ventrone, it feels right. like it's all there. What do you, what do you, what do you make of this team as we sit right here very early in this training camp process? Well, it looks really good and, and it really does. And I think the adding of those two coordinators in those areas are going to really help a great deal. I think that defense is really talented, but it needs to play better and it should play better. And I know he coaches the he being Jim Schwartz, he coaches hard. Uh, I think that unit needs, needs to be coached hard uh, to bring it out of them because it's there. They just has to be brought out of them. Special teams the same way. If the special teams unit 
performs the way Bubba Ventron performed himself as a player, we'll be fine because he was that great at it and was really a decider in some moments in games when special teams had to do that. And he was able to do that as a player, and I know he's brought that to his coaching career. So that is good, too. But, you know, Nathan, as I was talking to you earlier in the day, um, and I'll say it here, I think that you take a look at that roster and it's ready to win. Now the, yep. now the thing is, and this is a big step, I think, for them, and it has been a tough step for them. I think when you go each and every Sunday, I think the game is sitting there on the table for either team, the Browns and whoever they're playing on that particular day. And the Browns have got to learn to be the team that makes the play and takes the game at that point in the ball game. I mean, it didn't matter last year whether it was Jacoby Brissett or the last six games with Deshaun Watson. If you really go through those games, each one of them was sitting there on the table, and they just too many times were not able to take the game away from the opposition. And they're going to have to learn how to do that. Now they've brought in players who have done that in other stops, and maybe that's going to help. But I think that's what has to happen here. That's the that's the wall they have to break through. Yep. Once they do it, I think you know they'll take off because then their talent kicks in with the confidence that hey, listen, we've been here before. We now know how to do it. This is the way to do it, and then you do it. And I think that's where we are. How helpful do you think, or do you hope? I think is maybe even a better word that you know you bring in a Juan Thornhill, who's won two Super Bowls, has only had a season end at either the AFC Championship game. Or the Super Bowl. You have brought in Rodney McLeod, who won a Super Bowl, Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz right. won the Super Bowl, obviously, there with the Philadelphia Eagles. You bring in Oba Okoronkwo, who won a Super Bowl with the Rams. And so now you've got some guys, three of them added to this defense, all of whom will play meaningful roles for this team, who know what it takes to win at the highest level. And I think that's that fine line, right? That's the difference. Those teams that are yeah. able to, in those five plays a game, be on the right side of three of them and win the game ultimately. How helpful do you hope that will be? And do you think that could be something that helps this Browns team be a team that's able to snatch those victories off the table? Yeah, I really do. I, I, I think you're right. And I think, it, I think it is important. And I think it's important to have those guys on the field at that moment that you and I are talking about, that yep. moment when the game is winnable, okay? Um, you know, the coaches can do everything they can possibly do, but they're on the sidelines. Okay, these guys are going to be on the field. They're going to be in that huddle. Uh, they're going to be facing that crowd over in Pittsburgh when the place is going crazy or over in Baltimore. And they're going to have to settle down the other 10 guys that are along with them and kind of pull them through it until everybody is able to do this. So I think it, I think it is really important. I hearken back to – I thought it was important when the Browns a long time ago brought Jamal Lewis in at running back. Yep. Um, he was at the tail end of his career – but he gave them a great year, the year they went 10-6. and six, And I think he helped them at times because he had played in big games in Baltimore. Joe Jurevicius was a really good guy for guys like Braylon Edwards and Kellen Winslow Jr. that they needed to grow up because Joe had played on that great Tampa team and it had been with the Giants before that. Those are the kind of guys that really helped them in, on those particular Browns teams in those dicey moments where young players can say, you know, I don't know if we can do this. And then too many times we say, well, we didn't do it. And then we're reflecting back on what went wrong. Suddenly you you got to have guys to get them to the point where this went right and we can all do this now. Jim, it's, I'm interested if you have, have – I'm gonna. this happens to me 
It happened to me last night walking my uh, walking the dog in the neighborhood. It happens to me five or six times a day. I'm sure it happens to Z all the time. I'm sure it happens to you. This is the way that the conversation goes. Guy comes up to me. How do the Browns look? I say, well, they look great. I mean, they're they're pretty We've loaded. They, I think they have the most talent yeah. they've had since the late 80s. And they go, oh, yeah, but uh, same old Browns or whatever. And I'm like, so I, right. I'm finally at a point where I'm like stopping them. I'm like, listen, I, I can't – I don't know what happened – you know, exactly from 05 to 16. You lived through it. Nathan lived through a lot of it. What I can tell you, though, is you have to accept that the talent on this roster is more than any talent that has been here since 1988 or 89. or what. It's been a long yeah. time. I think that's a fair yes. statement. And it can also be true that this is the toughest AFC we've ever seen. Yes. And so even if you have it all, it might not be enough to go beat Kansas City in an AFC championship game. That's how hard it is. And I, I'm just curious, like, when that happens to you, how do you describe that circumstance? How do you answer that question? Yeah, yeah. You, I, I kind of answer it the same way you answer it. I mean, you know, I think that people feel that you're so close when you say, well, listen, they're really good. They look great on paper. They've made some great additions. Watson's going to be a thousand percent probably better than he was in the six yep. games last year. Certainly understandable. Um, you know, Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. Jim Schwartz is here. That defense is going to finally have some real sharp teeth to it. You know, all of that sounds good. And then there's a, you know, you say that, but I think a lot of people then, because they've been worn down, I think, by the disappointment mm -hmm. through the years, I think then people think, well, you're so close to the team. Of course, you're going to say that. But mm -hmm. I, you know, I think then they just have to take, you know, the fact that really you're telling them what you see and what you see is, yes, your closeness allows you to be around them a great deal, but it really does look good and it does look different than it has in the past. And, that you know, they just look better than they have and they look more talented and they look deeper. You know, there's a starter and there might be two other guys behind that starter who could certainly go in and play if needed to. And so I just think that, you know, the proof is seeing it. Everybody needs to see it. They need to see it against Cincinnati on opening day. And, they, you know, the month of September is going to give you a very, very good view of how this is going to go with those four games and those three games being in the division. And so I think people really do, Bo, want to get excited about it. But I think they've been worn down a little bit by the team and the franchise not meeting expectations and the disappointment of the yes. Mayfield short era, OBJ, things like that, that – and they're just saying, okay, I'm going to just take a half step back. I'm ready to get on the bandwagon, and we're ready to welcome them to it. There's plenty of seats. <laughs> Come on aboard. Uh, it's just right. they have to see it play out. And that's exactly right. Yeah, we and, know and that. That's kind we of, say that all the time. That's what I say yeah. to people now. I say, it's all there. Deshaun looks yeah. great. He's so much more comfortable. We talked about they loaded up the defense. We've got a pass rush. We've got a great back end. We've got Jim Schwartz. We've got Nick Chubb. We've got the best offensive line in football. We've got, you know, three receivers now who you feel great about in Amari and Elijah Moore and DPJ. you got the Chief. You brought in Akins. You brought in Goodwin. And hopefully, knock on wood, he's able to go. It's all there. This is a team that's going to be – it's binary. Do they win or do they not? And to your guys, both of your point, you know, I talked with Juan Thornhill uh, while we were in, at the Greenbrier. And he said to me, you know, yeah. position for position, this is the most talented team I've been on. He said, I haven't mm -hmm. even told the play. I haven't told the team that yet. But he goes, if you break it down by position by position, yeah. this is the most right. talented team I've been on. And they said, now, obviously, they had Pat Mahomes. But there's no reason why this team can't be great. What's just insane about what's going on right now 
is there are, and we've said it the numbers before, there are 13 teams in the AFC right now that believe fully that they're going to the playoffs, and there are eight teams in the AFC alone right now that fully believe they have a team that can win the Super Bowl. So it's going to come down to the teams that do it. And that's what okay. this Browns team is going to be judged on. Do they do it? Do yeah. they, in those moments that you so eloquently described earlier, do the Browns, are they the team that sees those moments that come through in the clutch, get that momentum, that belief, and then be able to actually maximize their talent? And if they can, the sky's the limit for this team. There's nothing that this team cannot accomplish. Yeah, you know, um, Doug, Doug Deacon tells a great story about that magical cardiac kid year uh, back in 1980. And, and the evolution of Brian Seif as at quarterback. And he said it just got to a point that week in and week out, they, they knew they were going to be up against it in the fourth quarter, whether they were at the old stadium or wherever they were that year uh, playing on the road. They knew they were going to be in yep. trouble in the fourth quarter. It was just that's the way the script read. But they also knew that he walked into that huddle, and it was last drive time and they needed a touchdown. And he would walk into that huddle as cool as a cucumber. And they were very cool along with him because they knew that it was going to be okay. And that's exactly what he would say. He would walk in and he would say, all right, listen, we got to go down and score, which we are going to do, and we'll do it this way. And, and that's, I think, the step that the Browns hopefully are right on the doorstep of being able to walk through that door and be able to be like that. And, and I think that's very, very important. Yeah. It is so great to talk to you, sir. Uh, we can't wait. Z can't wait to work with you tomorrow. Oh, can't wait to see you tomorrow. Uh, can't wait to hear you on the call. It is great to hear you're doing well and uh, always special when you join us. Give our best to the ponies. I will. I'm, I'm only feet away from them. I'll definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for having me on, and I'll, I'll uh, see you tomorrow night. All right. All right. The, the great Jim Donovan, the voice of the Cleveland Browns, joining on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. For more on that, Alex Van Pelt at the podium coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns 2023 schedule is here. Get your single-game tickets now for all the great matchups at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets to purchase yours today. And now let's head to the podium. Offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. Uh, just took off right where he was when he left the, the mini camp. really. Um, just saw, he did a lot of great things there at the end of the spring and picked up right where he left off. So we got a lot of good work there. With Amari and Marquise being out for part, at least part of, of that, that time down there, what did you see out of some of the younger guys stepping up, and you know what? What were you? How were you thinking? Sure, I thought Elijah had an outstanding camp. He's a guy that can do a lot of things. Very skilled receiver, inside, outside, can do stuff out of the backfield. That was impressive to see. 
Um, for a rookie, I thought Cedric had a really good camp, um, coming in and learning the system, um, putting all the pieces together, had some mistakes, but really made some plays on the ball, which was good to see. Uh, you know, Dalen Baldwin's Mr. Reliable. He's out there. He can play him in multiple positions. So those young guys got a lot of good reps and did some good stuff. Alex, how do you go about kind of filling that void that Marquise was supposed to fill, right? That deep threat that got the stretches the field. Sure. Well, we just got to find somebody else that can come in and do it. You know, we have able bodies on the on the on the roster right now. Um, you know, Schwartzy's a guy that can take the top off. Jalen Darden's a guy that can take the top off. Elijah, when we need him to, can take the top off. So we have bodies for that that style of play. You know, hopefully we can get Marquise back and everything's going to be okay there. But it, it looked like in the, in the full speed uh, red zones relative to defense might have had the better. Of course, yeah. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. No, and I told the guys this morning, it's hard. It's hard down there. You get inside that five yard line, that eight yard line, and it's it's a pass drill. It's 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 skeleton. Um, the situations we had four point plays the other day. We're not going to hand the ball off from the eight to Nick Chubb and let him run in. So it, it is hard. The, the space is smaller. Um, you know the, the the open receivers aren't as open. There's contested catches. There's high balls in the back of the end zone, and it's a good challenge for us. Um, you know we are going to continue to you know get good at what we do exactly. And then when they play great coverage, it's hard it's hard to win down there in tight spaces. But I told the guys this morning, again, we're not game planning against our defense. We're not trying to change plays to win the, win the drill. We're going to run our plays and get really good at those. And then remember, hey, we have running backs. We have things we're going to do down in there, not just drop back and throw the ball every time. Absolutely. Alex, I know you guys are still a work in progress, but what, what do you like about this offensive group right now? What are they doing well right now? Uh, work is the first thing. I know we're a work in progress, but those guys come out and they work every day. Um, it's really been impressive. We've had some really, really good um, two-spot walkthroughs in the afternoon periods where the young guys get to go over and call the same plays that the, the ones are on the other field. You know, we've worked blitz. We've worked um, no huddle QB runs. We've done all kinds of stuff. I think just, you know, what we've got accomplished in that short time of eight days, I think we feel really good that it was very productive. Anthony Schwartz had a tough year last year. What is his attitude like? Good, you know, he comes out and works when he, you know, when he gets out there, he flies around and he definitely shows you the speed that you need. It's just, uh, you know, he's just got to make the plays when they come to him and he will. With Elijah, obviously you guys are using him all over the place. What do you like best about him when he's lined up in the backfield? His ability to one, carry the ball and then run routes out of that backfield. Maybe, you know, if they want to leave a linebacker in the game and try to match up with that, um, then obviously the advantage would go to him. Um, but he does a lot of good things out of the backfield. Um, you know, we had uh, Randall Cobb in Green Bay, and he was in the backfield a lot as a ball carrier, as a bubble catcher, all the things you can do, free release and motion them out and create empties. So um, he has that versatility where you can hand him the ball as well. Do you think you need to hand it to him, like your defense is to respect that he might get the ball? I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, yeah. It's number 80 plays full season in the spring. Uh, Watkins. Watkins, yes. Does he look like a player to you? Really impressive. Came in late and really picked up the offense. Uh, very few mental errors. Seems to have a good grasp of it. Makes plays when they come to him, and he can, he's another guy that can run. So I've been impressed with his ability to pick up the offense as quickly as he has. Alex, I'm sure it's like this with most quarterbacks because of rotation and great. But you know, I do see Deshaun doing so many different things after practice. You know, working on just arm angles, mm -hmm. hand things, footwork, and all that kind of stuff. Is he like way up there just in terms of grinding and, and, and working extra and other um, I saw the same thing you saw. You know, those are those are drills that he, he stays out late. I think he was maybe one or two guys left on the field the other day. Um, you know, that's that's really the guys that are great are the guys that are motivated to work until you know they they've finished the day and his day didn't finish when practice was over. So you want you want your leaders to set that example and work extra hard, especially at that position. Mm -hmm.
The opportunity seems to be knocking for Jerome Ford to be that number two back behind him. Just what have you seen from him, and um, you know what dimension do you think he can bring in that role? Yeah, I see a, a young player that's really matured over the offseason and starting to come into his own as far as his understanding of the system, um, especially in the protection phase. Um, he has the ability also to come out of the backfield and make plays in the pass game, and he has some really great feet and vision in the run game. So excited to see him as we move forward. I feel very comfortable with him as our backup right now. How would you talk about, how would you look at it? It seemed like a diminished value of running backs. You know, when you look at like Dalvin Cook, Kareem, how do you see that diminished value? Um, that's not really in my area. I know we have a good one, and I'm happy that we do. You know, that's that's where that is. Um, it, it's it seems to have devalued over the you know past ten years. But I guess I would say if you went into a season and didn't have one a running back, you'd be in in bad shape. So we're fortunate that we have a great one here. I know Jordan Akins hasn't practiced the last couple days. But what does he add to this offensive passing game? You know, his strength obviously is in the pass game, his ability to run vertically with speed, and his ability to make plays on the ball. His hands are strong. Uh, had a big catch over top of a defender the other day, things like that. He runs really good routes, strong hands. Alex, Alex we're probably going to see a lot of Kellen and, and DTR on Thursday. How have, what have you seen out of both of them in terms of their maturation, their growth? Sure. That, that you're kind of excited to see, on, you know, out there on Thursday. Absolutely. Both those guys have had a really good camp. Um, you know, they've had limited reps at times, kind of switching days back and forth between who gets those set of reps. Um, you know, for, for DTR, it's just continue to grow. Kellen's a little bit of a head as far as mentally being in the system longer. But both those guys, they go out there, they, they, they're exceptional with their footwork, their timing and their ability to get through progression. So excited to see that live and then add the element of them using their legs as well. I think it's going to be a fun night. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about Deshaun using his legs. Mm -hmm. What is your philosophy in terms of how much should he run? Do you have to strike a balance between keeping him safe and letting him use that talent that he has? How do you It's a natural thing for him. You know, when he feels that he goes, I think that's something that that's, that's fine with us. Um, always encouraging him to continue through the progression. Um, don't skip a step, and then if you get to the last part of that progression and there's nothing there, then take off. So continue to coach through the progression and then allowing him to be, be uh, special in the, when he does escape. Alex, how do you feel about your young guys at uh, it, it is. It's good. And it's great that they're getting the reps Thursday. Um, the practices have been great. Again, I uh, can't say enough about James Hudson. He's a guy now in year three that's really figured it out and really matured as becoming a really good pro. And then Wheatley on the other side has done a really nice job as well. So I, I, I like our depth there. Um, you know, it'll be important in these preseason games to see them play. Alex, to go back to Cedric, I know I think when you guys drafted him, I think it was Andrew like described his demeanor as he's going to work first and not really talk. I guess have you seen that through these these early practices? Uh, uh, you know, a thousand percent. He just he just goes out and grinds, does a great job. All those receivers we had a practice the other day, their effort down the field blocking, uh, just a just it was inspiring. To make sure we pointed it out to everybody to see those guys. They work hard. You know, CO does a great job with those guys getting them ready to play. And said's a guy that's a you know he's not going to say anything. He's going to go out and do his job. Thanks, guys. All right, there's AVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're there. AVP from the podium yesterday. Um, one thing that, you know, I noticed, it's just a tremendous difference. It's one that you don't think about that much in unless you're just around it a lot. And I'm, obviously you noticed it, but you had a whole week more training camp than I did. One thing that jumped out to me is you're all running the same stuff. You know, last year it was really two offenses 
yep. that you had to create. Yep. And now, and and by the way, Jacoby Brissett was awesome. He was an great. awesome human, an awesome leader. He played great. But the offense then was different than what you would have done had you had Watson the whole time, obviously. Different skill set. And now they're all kind of mirrors of what Watson is. And the hard part, too, was you mentioned Jacoby played great and was a heck of a leader. And so Deshaun Watson, you know, as the star quarterback, is the leader of the team. But he had to take a back seat to mm -hmm. Jacoby because it was Jacoby's team for yeah. 11 games. And this year, everything is all moving in one direction, offensively, leadership-wise, all of it. And I think that's why you're seeing, you know, an offense that is going to be better this year. I think you're really going to see that. You know, when Deshaun Watson takes the field, as Jim Donovan said, you know, it'll be a thousand percent. Yes, he is going to be significantly better and look like the three-time pro bowler who once led the NFL in passing. And and when you pair that with this defense, that's why you can get excited about this football team. But again, it's going to come down to them going out there and, do, and doing it and being what they are on paper. As Jim Schwartz said, and I love it, when he said, you know, we know we've made it when the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. That's when you've got a football team that can do something. And, and that's what the Browns, that's the goal for this year. That That's what this is all about. All of this work that's being put in brick by brick by brick is to that end. And, and certainly we all hope that's how it ultimately pans out, right, for this football team. I also think that, like, it's two separate conversations. There is a conversation that can be had now, and I encourage you as fans to have it, of being excited about Elijah Moore and being excited about what's happening in the secondary or what's happening in the front side of this defense, um, what's happening in camp with the catch that Tillman had yesterday that happened right in front of us, yep. um, with the way that Watson looks. All of the, You can be excited about all of those things, and that's, that's one fun plane of conversation. On, an, on another one that's playing out horizontally along with it, parallel along with it, is – that one that you just mentioned, which is we know it has to happen in the regular season, but you can have fun along that walk, that path. You know, it, everything doesn't yes. have to be, well, what are they going to do against Cincinnati? We all know that. Everybody in the building knows that. Yep. Everybody in the NFL knows that. Yep. What do you do against Cincinnati? What do you do against Pittsburgh? You got Tennessee and Baltimore to start first four, all of that. Last year we said, oh, you got it first six. What's the record got to be? We'll do all of that stuff again. All of that stuff is the heavy stuff, but in week two of full camp, like, you can't have these little victories. And by the way, just because Elijah Moore is great, and he's been great, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going he's gonna to be a 1,500-yard receiver. He's not no. going to be. That's not in the cards. But he's just something we haven't had before around here in a while. So it's okay to be excited about that and also understand that doesn't mean we're giving him a gold jacket. Right, and I think that's very fair. And, you know, we've seen in training camps before where guys have come in and, you know, it looked like, for example, Austin Hooper's first year, that Austin Hooper was going to catch 1,000 balls and – yeah. score 20 touchdowns and then that never manifested itself in the regular season but I think this time you have a team that is going to put the ball in the air a lot more and yes Elijah has looked great and there's so many easy what I would call long layups or, or long handoff ways to get the football into his hands and so you get him the ball in his hands get him in space give him an opportunity to make plays but you got Donovan you got Amari you got David Ajoku you know I don't think people realize or, or maybe it feels like kind of have forgotten like Amari Cooper had 78 catches 1,160 yards and nine touchdowns last year he averaged 15 yards a catch which was the second highest of his career the nine touchdowns were the highest of his career like he's gonna get a ton of targets DPJ was over 800 yards last year he's only gotten better every year he's gonna get a lot of targets the chief last year had a career high 58 catches 620 yards that was the second most of his career and then now you add in and really it was a three 
person receiving core. Now you add in that fourth guy, Elijah Moore. Now you add in, you know, hopefully Marquise Goodwin, who's going to give you, you know, probably 300 to 400 yards, but do it at 15 plus yards a catch, catch a couple of touchdowns, create space for everybody. You know, do I think Watson's going to throw for the 4,800 yards that he did when he led the league in passing, playing in a dome on a team that was behind a lot? No. But should he go over 4,000 yards this year? Absolutely. Yeah. And so there will be, there's stuff out there for people to go get. Um, but we've got, I think, a lot of mouths to feed. And I think what you're going to see is a team that on a week-to-week basis, you're going to be able to exploit whatever is left over from what the opponent's trying to take away. Because we're finally an offense where you just can't take it all away. Yeah, and I do think as you were going through that, Nick Chubb. as you were going through that, I, I was just going to say, you know, Nick Chubb, Amari, DPJ, Miles, there were these remarkable individual seasons last year that yes. happened, but it was all done under the cloud yes. of everything off the field, and so you never, it was kind of like, can we just get through this? Like we were excited for the last six games for Deshaun, and then it, you know, there's a little bit of rust to it, and so at that point, you're just like. Let's just get to 2023. And so yeah. it's been a long – we understand it's been a long wait for all of you. It's been a long wait for you and I. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we we want to get to – we don't want to speed through August for the – in the personal life side of it. But in terms of, like, getting to see this team play football, yeah, I, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what they look like in Philly. I mean, I think you're going to know – we'll know a lot based on the way that one goes. I agree with we, that. We felt like that. I agree with um, that. Last year, that there was – yeah. If, if that goes – if you can hold your own in the trenches with that group, then, yeah. And you can match with their skill. You yeah. can throw the football on them. All of those things. You know, we can pass block against that line, as you mentioned, in the trenches. Yeah, that one's going to tell us quite a bit. And I think that one will be those, – those are going to be – that's a big week here. And I don't think it's – I'm expecting to go in there and get a, have a positive vibe coming out of it. I, I don't think we're going to go in there and it not look good for us. Yeah. I really do. I mean, I think that we can match we can match player for player with with anybody, honestly. Yeah, that's the that that's the that will be the first major measuring stick is is then. Yeah. Um, coming up next, you heard from AVP. We heard from Jim Schwartz. Uh, we'll hear from Bubba Ventrone. Conversation with Z coming up next. Just to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner. Your Cleveland Browns coming soon to Ohio on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily. Very happy now to be joined by quickly, fastly becoming one of the great friends of this program, Browns Special Teams Coordinator Bubba Ventrone. Coach, welcome to game week. How you feeling? Excited. Really excited to get going. When you think back to your playing days, do you remember your first preseason game and what that meant to you, what you were thinking about, what you were feeling going into it? Oh, yeah. I remember like it was yesterday. We actually played – I was in New England. We played at Cleveland – or I'm sorry, at Cincinnati. And, you know, I didn't play at all in the first half. The first play of the second half on the kickoff, I come down, make a tackle, so I'm like all juiced up. The second play I get in is at, uh, at a punt play. I was playing gunner. I illegally aligned. I wasn't on the line of scrimmage. I released the wrong way, and I got hemmed up pretty pretty bad. So it was not a good rep. So extremely high to extremely low, and then the rest of the game was okay. 
So what do you tell these guys? Because I think there's something unique about for you being in the position you are, the fact that you were able to stay in this league for as long as you did, doing special teams, knowing that there are going to be a lot of guys playing for you, that these special teams performances and these four preseason games could be the difference between being guy 51, 52, 53 on the roster, being on the practice squad, or maybe not even being in the league at all. Yeah, and I would say, especially with like this first game, these guys are going to be playing a lot of reps, both on defense, right to special teams, offense, right to special teams. One of the biggest things I feel like is you have to focus. You have to really focus on your fundamentals, your footwork, and really lock in because you're going to be physically tired, which creates mental fatigue. Like, you have to lock in and be focused. I had that discussion with those guys today, so... Yeah, and for most of the guys, I'm sure they have some experience, but for some of the guys in there, this is their first time probably playing special teams, right? It is foreign to everyone. I mean, the, the, the young players have never experienced anything like the NFL kicking game. It's completely different than the college game. So the more reps that we can get these guys, today in practice we're going to have a uh, – it'll be pretty much a live period on both kickoff return, kickoff, kickoff return, pump, pump return. The more reps we can get these guys – where they're seeing it fast, the better. Yeah, well, speaking of seeing it fast, I'll take us back to the Greenbrier. The first day in pads was a pad acclimation for everybody but the special teams unit because you guys had some of those one-on-one -on -one drills that I think were the most exciting thing we saw out there, perhaps even all week. When you see the hunger your guys have, and I'll go a couple young guys that stood out to me. Diabati stood out to me, and then Martin, number 69, was absolutely just trucking people. When you see guys willing to put their bodies on the line, bring that physicality, bring that passion, how fired up does that get you? You got. Well, I'm getting like chills with you talking throat because the drill was good and uh, we got a lot accomplished in that drill. You can see aggressiveness, physicality, you know, technique, uh, footwork. You know, understanding how we're you know using our blocking leverage. So it was good to have that drill. We're gonna do a lot of that stuff, half line stuff, when we go into punt and our protection stuff to make sure guys are protecting the right way. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was good, and those guys are all and everyone's working extremely hard to try to get gain every you know knowledge for the techniques and uh, schemes we're moving into. When you have a guy like Jordan Kunashik, who you've already talked about, is just such a professional at what he does. When you can see him and an undrafted free agent like Mahmoud Diabati go at it like that, have a back and forth, both getting great reps, getting great work. Does that a tell you a little bit about the young fellow, but also b to see that the the seasoned vet is. He's taking nothing for granted at all going out there and, and being a great example, I think, for everybody else. Yeah, I think every – I mean, Jordan just does a great job of, you know, understanding first off, he understands that he's – his role, right? He understands that every rep is critical, and he's a true professional. You know, he's going to go out, execute as best he can, and he's going to come back and give the guy he's going against the same amount of work that the guy's giving him in coverage. So, you know, really excited to work with him, so – Excited for it. I know. You are excited. All right, let's talk a little bit about the kicking game. That gets people excited. Cade York, what have you seen from him? Obviously, just a tremendous natural talent. The thing that I've been happy with, you know, both in the both in spring and to this point in the after the first 10 days or so, the consistency has been really good. Um, you know, not a lot of variation in his mechanics. He's keeping things simple. So that's been a, that's been a big positive. The operation's been consistent. And that obviously makes it easier on the kicker. So those those other two guys have done a really, really nice job, uh, you know, making it easy for him. 
when you have that battery and that consistency, you know, with Charlie and then obviously Corey, we know Joe is here, but Corey had a very nice year for us last year, set the all-time franchise record in, in punt average over 48 yards a punt. But when you have that consistency, how helpful is that? I would imagine swapping along snappers or swapping holders, that would affect a kicker year in and year out. For sure. And, you know, we're getting we're getting a lot of work, and we want to we want to make that operation as – like you said, we want to make that we want that thing to be as consistent as it can be with with as little variation as possible, and that's going to help us in the in the end. As a longtime special teams veteran, were you always impressed? Well, I'm impressed. Maybe for you, you're like, yeah, whatever. At the ability of a long snapper to not only snap the ball accurately, but to get it so they can get like basically the laces exactly where they want it, eight yards back. Because to me, that just seems crazy. It's it's time on task. It's reps. It's you know. There's a lot of detail that's involved with that, you know, quarter rotate, like there's terminology that we use and for him to be able to done, have done it so long and do it so well has, is impressive in itself. And then, I mean, when you talk about a snapper and the responsibilities, whenever you're talking about the punt, you know, you're not only are you throwing the ball back, but you, you have to protect and then you have to cover. So it's not an easy position. It's definitely an, you know, an underappreciated you know, spot on the roster, I would say. How excited do you see actual returns? Because in camp, like, you catch it, you take your few first few steps, they kind of run through, and then that's it. But now you have a chance to actually see some returns. How are you feeling about the return game? And, you know, I don't know if we'll see Jakeem yet, but when you are get a chance to work with a guy like that who's been an all-pro, been a pro bowler, you know, how excited do you see this return game actually yeah, go? We're going to have – you're going to see a lot of young players uh, this week. And we're excited about them. We're excited about – the guys are going to be able to block for them, and hopefully we can, you know, make some plays. Um, the the big emphasis in this game is play with good fundamentals and technique. Don't make it too don't make it too complicated. It's a simple. It's an extremely simple game plan, and play smart and disciplined. Like we don't want to have bad football is bad technique, which creates penalties. We don't want to have any penalties. So that that's a big emphasis for us this week, and I'll I'll hit that the next two days before we play. Given that we have that extra preseason game, more reps for special teams, obviously, are you going to try anything out with some of the rule changes and, and kind of do some experimenting here? Uh, I would say to be determined. Okay. I don't feel like in this first game you're going to see much of that. Okay. Um, I don't. I want What I want to see right now is I want to see the young players that haven't had in-game experience get that experience. I want to make sure that we feel good about the fundamentals of block. I want to evaluate blocking, covering, um, you know, leverage, all those things. And I feel like if you're playing the game the right way, you can evaluate those things. I'm not trying to get gimmicky in a preseason game. So, How do you feel like things are right now, coming out of that week at the Greenbrier? How happy or, or not happy are you with the state of your unit? I thought it was a great spot to work. Um, I think we got a lot done, not only as a special teams group, but as a team. I feel like our team became closer in that in that setting because of how Kevin set, had it set up. Uh, as far as our team in the kicking game specifically, I feel I feel pretty good. I mean, everyone is trying to do the right thing. Everyone's trying to apply the corrections to the next rep, to the next practice. We haven't had a lot of repeat mistakes, which has been good in the first you know handful of practices. And that's going to be the thing trending forward. It's like I had to talk with our players today. It's like we we need to we had a good we had a good week and a half, but it's not good enough. 
So we need to really lock in and focus and understand what we need to do to win each rep. So that's going to be the focus moving forward. I love it. Can't wait to see you out there coaching your first game, albeit preseason here with the Cleveland Browns, a team that you played for a few years ago. Coach, always a pleasure. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll be back with more Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns right after this. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, back by popular demand, your favorite favorite four-legged companion. It's year two, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, the fan club for dogs. View membership options and join today at BarkingBackers.com. As we go around the league, the Rams with a a big blow here. Cooper Cup underwinning MRI in his hamstring. Team says he could potentially be back in a few weeks on that. So we've had Cup, we've had Burrow. I, I I think the Rams are one of the greatest. I don't understand. I don't know what's going on operations in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I don't know this what they're year. trying to do. Yeah. I don't and know if what teams wanted to, to trade for Stafford, why they didn't want to trade for him. It sounds like look, Cooper Cup still going to be fine. Maybe it depresses his fantasy value a little bit, um, and, and I think that you're happy about that. I, I think most people feel like he'll be back for Week One, and if not soon thereafter, the Rams are obviously going to be very. I think. Middling, they're they're not going to be a great football team, but I think there's no rush on like they're not going to rush him back. I think they will be judicious with that point. Think about, I mean, they're clearly third in that division, right? Yeah, but they're definitely ahead of fourth in that division. Yeah, because the Cardinals, Cardinals are taking, are, so they'll be the third Cardinals in the go at the bottom. Yeah, so they'll be. Third I mean, in the my guess is McVeigh feels like this year in the NFC, if we can. Just hang around and yeah. be nine and eight. Maybe we make the playoffs. He's saying healthy Stafford, mm-hmm. right? Healthy Stafford, and why can't and I, why can't I go ten and seven, nine and eight? That seems like a tall order to me. But then you start going around the NFC, the AFC. I don't I don't know their schedule, the Rams' schedule, top to bottom, just the conference. Sure. In the NFC South, there's only oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. Look at him. What's he going to oh, be peacocking him. around on? <laughs> look at him. Oh my God, Jesus. What's it? <laughs> It's unbelievable. It's Wednesday, dude. It's Wednesday. He's, I mean, that's fine Italian leather. Of course. And how does he keep those bottoms so white? I'm curious about that. I always worry about that when I, because I have a couple pair of like the, those, that type of shoe, not necessarily those, but that type. And, um, and I don't know. Look at the nation. Look at the nation. Just finished his schoolwork. Take a bow. Congratulations. Got it. Got it done. So proud of Baco. So proud. I love. I love Baco. What did he do? That we're proud. More other than just normally being Baco. And and he finished that all up. Acquiring education. Yeah, yeah. Just finished it all up. Oh, what a great. So on to on to great things as the great Baco, duh, winning. Is it some sort? Is there a wipe that he would be using going back to swag to keep those things so pearly white, or does he never walk on dust? It feels like he never walks on dust, and my guess is he gets home with that and immediately it's an immediate cleaning. I think he's, like, immediately going like a wipe. and working and wiping and making sure that he's keeping everything, like, completely 100% or pure. Is Don't he is he like Jordan and he just wears them once? No. <laughs> one wear? No, one wear and then out. No. Then out. No. 
Oh, good grief. Um, yeah, so I in the NFC, who knows what, what the Rams are trying to be. Alvin Kamara expect to meet with Commissioner Roger Goodell today in, the, in New York regarding his potential suspension, reached a plea deal in July, no longer facing felony charges for role in the fight on the eve of the Pro Bowl in 2022. Um, that Saints operation is the one in the NFC South that feels like it could go a little bit. In a, I mean, they'll be valedictorian to summer school, but that still gets you into the postseason. Yeah. And I think the Falcons have a chance, even though I think that their first round pick was not serious. And then I, I do have concerns about Desmond Ritter, but yeah. it doesn't feel like right now it's going to be the Bucs if the reports out of their camp are to be believed right now. It doesn't feel like that's a team that I feel like could completely fire sale. Mike Evans could be playing somewhere at the deadline. And you saw what Aaron Rodgers said about why he freed up that money. So that they can no, make a I move did not. I deadline. missed that. What did he, so what did he, he address? said? The reason that he took that pay cut was he's here to win a Super Bowl. And basically he feels like at the trade deadline, that's when a lot of big names move in the NFL now. And he wants the Jets to have the financial resources to get a big name if that would help push them over the top. And so you think about, could that mean Devontae Adams, who wants to yeah. get back with him? Could that mean a Mike Evans, right. where you add him into Garrett Wilson, and all of a sudden you're saying, okay, this is a lot of fun. This is very interesting. So I think that that's, that's what he, why he did – did that but going back to the nfc south it doesn't feel like carolina is going to be serious although we never know what bryce young is by the way i feel like i've heard never heard less i've heard more about anthony richardson than cj stroud and bryce young combined some of that could be markets uh india is a market that's covered a little bit more strenuously than certainly than carolina and houston i Houston's a monster city, and I know that they're – obviously they talk Texans, but it's been so hopeless of lately. I, I wonder if they talk more like Texas A&M football or Astros okay. and all that. I, I, I'm not sure exactly that. But, no, I everything that I've seen on – when I do see something on Bryce Young, he looks great, like the stuff that I've seen in camp. Um, and Stroud, I think, he didn't throw a pick until Sunday. He went like several days without throwing a pick down yeah. there. Both of them are good to go. It seems like Richardson's going to be good to go. He got all 18 starter reps on Tuesday. To me, he feels like somebody just go play. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. I think they're just going to go out there and they're going to play him. I mean, Gardner Minshew's there if they need him. But, yeah, I think that he's absolutely going to go and uh, and play. But, yeah, that NFC South's wide open. The Saints do feel like they've got the most talent top to bottom. Yeah. Um, you just never feel like you know what's going on with Michael Thomas. He doesn't know. And then he got big. Like, do you see how yoked he is? He's looking like David Boston. Yeah, you can't. That's You get too big, man. Can't do it. What about Jimmy Graham? There's another one. Is he really going to go play for the Saints? Is that real? Is that the talk? Yeah. That is the talk. Jeez. Hey, uh, how many people – I wish Gibby was here. Why is he doing guest of stats I'd love to do a guest of stats I'd like to do a guest of stats on Mike Evans. Okay, what about him? With uh, how many thousand-yard seasons he would think Mike Evans has in his career? I believe that he has nine, and they are nine straight. And he's the first person <laughs> who's ever done that. I don't think people would have that. Really? I don't think so. Unless, like you, like a fantasy person, I think would have it. Yeah. But I think if you were just a casual football fan, I don't know that you would know that he is the only receiver in NFL history to have nine straight thousand-yard seasons to start a career. It's an incredible accomplishment. He's a gold jacket. I, I think so. This was something that we talked about when we played them last year, and that's another reason why I know that, because we played the Bucks last year. And that I mean, the yards of reception notes. numbers are unbelievable. 15 and a half, 16, 17 and a, 17.7, 17.3. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's craziness. Yeah. It's amazing. He was best with Jameis. 
from statistically. He's sure. unbelievable with Brady from a that touchdown. Year they, that year they threw it like They threw it everywhere. Um, he, his yards per game, his yards went down with Brady, but his touchdowns were unbelievable, 13 and 14 in back-to-back years. Um, it's interesting, though. Like, it's it's five – it's four Pro Bowls. One All-Pro. And just one All-Pro. So that's probably not Hoff. I guess the other thing we're going to have to do is we kind of yeah, have but, to wrap our heads. I mean, the sport's different. This so is like, a level, though, this of is an unbelievable sustained level. greatness. Yeah. That is pretty imp- incredible. For sure. For sure. And because of his build, you know, it's 6'5". Like, he could do this for a while. Well, and you thought he would break down, and he just – he never seems to. Um, yeah, And he's, he was very good in the postseason. Um, four touchdowns in his, in his postseason career, 514 yards, 15 yards a catch, four touchdowns in seven games. I don't know. I mean, if you when you they drafted him seventh overall, and I'll go back to it. I remember watching Johnny Manziel tape coming out of Texas A&M, and I was like, I Maybe thought at the time, I said, if you're going to draft him, you got to get Evans too. I mean, this Evan guy, he, basically it felt like a lot of their offense was run around, do something wild, and then throw it up, and then Mike Evans would just go catch it. He'd go moss people and then yeah, run around. I mean, he was so impressive. But to do what he's done at that size for – nine straight seasons likely potentially and i think this could be the first year where he falls under it i think it's gonna be tough to get there this year unless he gets traded um it's pretty wild i don't know what they're doing like to me if you were you're going to be bad every like we know everybody by now we know what baker is like you drafted trask go let him see Go see what he is. Either see and if he's, he's the answer. And if he's not, not then so what? Fine. Then you go back to Baker. You can play Baker down the road, and you can play out the stretch, whatever, and you draft a quarterback. But, like, the most stupefying thing from a branding situation that's been done is not having those uniforms ready for Brady. Like, uh, the fact that, th- that nobody did that while they had Brady is absolutely ridiculous. Wild. One one thing we never got a chance to get to, uh, let's do it right now. Who was it that made the beignets comment? It's Jamal Williams. All right, so Jamal Beignatis. Williams. Vignatis, yeah. So he makes the beignets claim that they're overrated, essentially. What it's a saying. funnel kick. It's a funnel kick, is what he says. Um, and you had texted and you had said, this would be great on the show, and I agree that it would. I think it's – my take on it is, I think it is both underrated – I'm sorry, overrated and properly rated. What I mean by that is, what I want to have it – look at this. Tequila right there, feel a legend. Yeah, would I want? I'm not going to eat a beignet every day. No, they're not that great on their own. But it's also it costs you like four bucks. Okay, at Cafe Dumont, it's nothing. And in that moment, with a with with a coffee and the powdered sugar and all of it, it's pretty good. You wouldn't you wouldn't want to have it. Look at the boss man. There he is. Wonder how he feels about. I don't that. agree though that it's like a funnel cake. It's not like a funnel cake. Funnel cake's like the, little and wired all airy. together. And a beignet airy. is heavy. A beignet to me is like a giant. If a pocket square <laughs> became a donut, yeah, that's what a beignet is. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's pretty good. I it, prefer, it's not as it's tighter. Yes, dent, more dense. More dense. Yeah, more dense than I a donut. prefer. Like a, I would prefer a smattering of. You know, you get like at, at Red the Steakhouse, for example, you can get those donut holes and then you dip them in your raspberry yeah. sauce. Like, I prefer that to a beignet. But so would I. I enjoyed having a beignet at Cafe de Mont in New Orleans. That's right. It's yeah. the one place where it's like, you, it's the only place you ever see them. It's the only place that ought to really ever do them. 
they're good in that moment, and, and, I, and, and I, that's it. It's I, properly rated, and also, no, it's not like the greatest donut you've ever had in your no. life. I can think of a thousand donuts I'd rather have over it. And it's not a place that if you go down to New Orleans and you go there on day one of your trip, you're not necessarily going back two, three, four, you're and again, you're going percent not once. going back. You're going once, and I think that's what he was saying. Like, yeah. these beignets are they're fine, but like, you guys are making it out to be like it's changed the pastry game. And it's not. And it's not. So I think he's right. I do think he's right. He's right and he's wrong. And he's then right. he's like, yeah. well, that's not going to play well. well. Well, if you like the Benyatis. I mean, and it, Jamal Williams is so great. He gave the best interview of all time. He had an um, unbelievable season. Like, how many people, if we played guess the stats, would yeah. give a, how many touchdowns does he think Jamal Williams rushed for last year? It's like 16, isn't it? I think I, I thought 17, but yeah. it's, it's way up He there. led the league. Led the league in touchdowns. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you in a second. And he only had like 1,000 yards, though, right, or just under? Right at a thousand. Yeah, he wasn't like a fifteen hundred yard back, but he was basically got all the red zone stuff. What I like about it is that they had Jamal Williams, and they're like, "We're not gay." It's seventeen rushing touchdowns, thousand sixty six yards, seventeen touchdowns. We're not gonna pay. He averaged four yards a carry. I mean, yeah, it's incredible. But they're like, "We're not gonna pay him." What we're gonna do, and we're not gonna pay a guy DeAndre Swift that we still have on a rookie deal who by the way whenever he touched the ball was electric for Isn't us. Isn't he in Philly? Philly Good for nothing Lord, for yes, a dollar for a bucket of balls. Same with Rashad Penny. Um what we're going to do is hand out decent money to David Montgomery to come in and be Jamal Williams, I guess. And then we're going to use a first round pick on Jamar Gibbs mm-hmm. to be DeAndre Swift, mm-hmm. and they obviously hope, think that he's better than. They DeAndre think he's Swift, better, but, but yeah, that's what that's the operation. Florio um, reporting this: the NFL is considering adopting the XFL's kickoff style. What does that as mean? A possible replacement for the kickoff format, according to Mike Florio. I think this is when you put the two lines of scrimmage right ten yards apart or five yards apart, like instead of having that big collision, like you just put like all guys, ten guys, and then the kicker goes way back and kicks it to the returner. And so you don't have those huge collisions. Yeah, this is it. Feels like it lends itself. Like if they get through one crease, they're gone because they aren't coming down like in good kind of waves. I like that though. I mean, I, the kick, as you know, having been in in that building, when you get a kick return or a punt return touchdown, it's about as loud as it gets. Well, yeah, we did have a punt return touchdown last year, Donovan Peoples Jones, which was our first since Travis Benjamin in fourteen. We have not had a kick return touchdown since the great Josh Cribbs had two of them in a single game against the Kansas City Chiefs in the year. 2009. So hopefully that'll be a really good yeah, one. Been a minute. All right. Coming up next, we'll do a little better or worse. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Browns fans, you want to experience the 2023 Browns season in some of the best seats in Cleveland Browns Stadium. Visit lakecom.edu slash Browns for your chance to win two field seats for the 2023 season. Courtesy, you weren't on, Lake Erie, oh, baby. Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine Sweepstakes ends August 30th. Time for a little game we like to call higher or lower, better, better or worse. Or worse. Top 25 players under 25 via Pro Football Focus and Trevor Sikama on that. And Stevie is ready. All right, buddy. So the way, this the debut, the debut on uh, here on the program. I'm excited for you. I think you're ready. Thank Esteban you. Uno. Esteban. Esteban. Esteban is dead. Eaten. He's been eaten. Swallowed whole. <laughs> have you seen Life Aquatic? No, I have not. Right. Put it on your, Put it on your list. list. All right. You got it. All right, buddy. I believe um, him when he says that, too. I believe he'll do it. Yeah, Gerard yep. gave me some music the other day that I put on my list. I, I listened to all you guys on this. I right. I got to learn. All right, that's fine. Yep. What a great a- I like the attitude. He's a go-getter. He's, go-getter. He's, yeah, there's a lot yeah. to like about him. There's going to come stock. a time. There's gonna, I, we said yesterday. We said it. Esteban Stock. Get in on the Uno IPO. Shh. Do it. Rocket ship. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Top 25 players under 25. Go ahead, buddy. All right, so... Number one on the list is Micah Parsons. All right. Fine with that. So then you would say higher or lower for Micah Parsons, and then you would give it to one of us. Okay. Higher or lower for Micah Parsons. Start with you, Bo. Um, He's really good. It's hard to argue with their list because it's all their data-driven, so you're arguing against their data. Um, I think the best player under 25 in the NFL is the guy right below him, however. I would take Justin Jefferson over Micah Parsons, even though they're both ridiculous. So give me Justin Jefferson over Parsons. Parsons slightly worser. All right, Z, number three on their list. Tristan oh, wait, he can Wirth. weigh in on that Hold one. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on. That's no, no, no. all right. We're all figuring out at the same time. <laughs> I agree with Dom's you. Dom's prancing around. I will say that I think there are four players, actually five players on this list oh, wow. that might be in their own tier. Oh, I love when we do this. <laughs> That's what I think. I love you a Z love, tier. Love a tier. You love I a love tier. a tier. Yeah, because you're right. As soon as you get, as soon as I knew where you were headed, then it's like, honestly, we take these five and they're a different level. I think the different level tier is Justin Jefferson one, Micah Parsons two, Sauce Gardner three, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase four, and Patrick Sertain the second. Five. He was certain was elite last year, and those are at the most premium of positions. I think Tristan Wirfs is good, but I think right now you're talking about Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in football. Mm-hmm. Micah Parsons is one of the top four edges in football. Is that fair? Miles. Nick TJ Bosa, Bosa TJ, Mike Parsa, yeah. I'd have him fourth of that on that list, though, wouldn't you? I think so. Yeah, Sauce Gardner might be the best corner in the NFL. People right talk now. like he's the best corner in the football. That's what that's what you hear. Is and, and he was a rookie. Yeah. So they in that draft they got Gardner and Wilson. Incredible job by them. Jeez. And they got another first round the guy. Uh, Brees Hall was in that draft Brees for them. Hall was in the was a, I think second round. They got the. Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, defensive end. Yeah, I was gonna say defensive end, Florida State. Sheesh. I don't. He has not been obviously on that level. Uh, Jamar Chase is certainly a top five receiver in the league. Yeah. And then Sertain last year was 
or Patrick Sertan was unbelievable. No, Sertan. Right. Sertan. Patrick Sertan was unbelievable. So I think those five are in their own category to me. And then you get kind of Tristan Wirfs, Creed Humphrey. What I don't understand is that it felt like Andrew Thomas was regarded as being the best in the league at tackle last year, and he's down at 10, and Wirfs is at 3. But that they're in that he's in the next group along with like C.D. Lamb and Jalen Waddell. I think Waddell's really good. Um, but I think there are a lot of good players, obviously. This is, it's a loaded list, yes. to be fair. Yes. Garrett Wilson at 19 feels like he won't be there next year. Same with the guy right above him. Trevor Lord. They're both too loud. Like, yeah. Yeah. Next! All right, well, talked over a couple of these already, but we'll go to 14 with T. Higgins. Higher or lower for T? Big T. Higgins guy. Um Showed that he could be a receiver, the number one guy when when Chase was out. But like right now, if you're saying, okay, Nathan, you get to start a franchise and you can have T. Higgins. I'm just gonna go with people ranked below him. You can have T. Higgins. You can have Devonte Smith. You can have Garrett Wilson. I'm gonna take Garrett Wilson. Do that going so ahead of better. him, though. Like, are we sure that? Like, would you take? For sure, C.D. Lamb over him. Over T. Higgins? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. a big C.D. Lamb guy. Would you for sure take Jalen Waddle ahead of him? I think yes. I think they're different stylistically. Like, totally. I'd like to have them both, so I have the big the and yeah, the compliment. But I think, yeah, Waddle's, Waddle's nasty. No, I know. This is a ridiculous list. Yeah, there are a lot it's of good really receivers talented in the league. list. Yes. Um, yeah, the Higgins is, Higgins is a hard one. Just because he plays with Chase. So how do you – it's hard to Without Chase, separate. he was very good. He was yeah. great. But, like, you know, he's he's played with Chase when they've had Burrow. So yes. other than Burrow's rookie year. So it's hard to it's hard to say exactly how that, that whole thing shakes out. Um, the thing that is staggering to me is the overall amount of receiver talent that is in this league right now at the highest level. There are game records everywhere. You know what I think is amazing is yes, there are a ton of there's a ton of receiver talent. In fact, that's the position that dominates this list. You look on the defensive line. You have Micah Parsons, and I'm not sure there's anybody else. He's definitely the only edge. He's the only defensive lineman that's listed. There's some good young corners. I guess that means well, is Quinn and Williams over 25 now in his fifth year out of Alabama? Yeah, he would have to be. He would have um, to be, but also like that, you know, like Chase Young didn't hit. He's been hurt and he didn't hit. He was the no. second pick in the draft, you know. So there's been guys that were drafted like, high. They need Will Anderson to go. You think about Nick, Houston. You think about Nick Bosa. Mm -hmm. You think about Miles. You think about T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, the best pass rushers in the league. Joey Bosa was in that mix when healthy. When healthy, yeah, sure. But like those, it's an that's an eight more of an aging group, you know. Von Miller aging, Khalil Mack certainly at this point aging. Robert Quinn, quite old. Parsons is on an island a little bit. Like Hassan Reddick, all those guys. That means all those guys in Philly are are that age. Like Hassan Reddick, yeah, they're yeah, late twenties, late mid twenties. Yeah. So on one hand, you say, okay, does that mean that there is is there a paucity of young edges, or is it becoming a situation in this league where you need a little bit of seasoning to be dominant. Now, Nick Bosa, Miles, T.J. Watt did not. No. They were Parsons dominant right away. Right Parsons away. was great right away. Where do Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson fit into that mix, being how young they are? 
Are they close? Hutchinson has a chance. He had, what, nine sacks last year? He was really year. good. Yeah, he was good. Probably just like needs to stack tier, it, right? right? Yeah, he probably just needs to stack it a little bit. You know, if he could stack a year and, and get to 15 and prove he's like a dominant edge. Yeah. That's probably where he's yeah. at. Thibodeau only had four sacks. He's got a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah, Anderson is the guy everyone was kind of waiting for. Yep, like as the next as big the next thing. guy. I mean, he's he was identified young at Bama, and you know that Houston got him. So we'll see if he can be the next kind of guy. But he was in in college football circles. He was the one everyone pointed to and said, "When he goes, he goes." Yeah, there's a kid at LSU now as a sophomore named Harold Perkins that has that to him, where it's like when he gets there, that's the first pick in the draft if it's not a quarterback. Yeah, but he's only a sophomore. Next. All right, last one. We talked about the receiver talent. It's Drake London at number 20, higher or lower for Drake. It's tough with him. It's going to be tough to evaluate him. Poor quarterback play last year is going to have poor quarterback play this year, most likely. And I just he's a name that I feel like, from a talent standpoint, the size, the things that he did, people are very high on him. But it feels like with some of the guys that are coming into the league this year, that it could be very likely that he finds himself not on this list next season. Well, they have Pitts right behind him. So they have London at 20 and they have Pitts at 21 yeah. um, on this list, which goes back to the con- like the idea that they went Bijan Robinson, and he looks great in camp, and I'm sure he is going to be but not a player, quarterback. But to not find wild. a way to go quarterback and just be satisfied with Desmond Ritter when you have kind of the rest of it. One other thing on them, in retrospect – how much of a theft of that was Calvin Ridley? Oh my God! Well, we'll see. I mean, but it he feels looks like it's going to electric. Be. Yeah. I mean, he was always known as like one of the great route runners, like pure route runners. Um, he was like, awesome with Atlanta, right? And he they got him for a bucket of balls or nothing. Zip. Free. He sat for a year. Yep. And now he's going to play in Jacksonville with Lawrence, with Lawrence and Etienne and the rest of those cats. Christian and Kirk. it's like. Why didn't Atlanta just sit on that? Zay Jones. Did they, do you think it was like they just felt like they were wronged, or was it? I think maybe they just felt, yeah, that you know he. We can't he, tolerate he, it. He, he quit on us. them before. You know, yeah. he's still on his rookie deal, mind you. Yeah, he's going to be. That's a good point out of you, Paulus. Yeah, he's going to make a lot of money after this year. Would be my guess. Yeah, I think he's going to light it up. A, I think he's going to have a very good. One season. thing, let's have a quick talk. Um, Lawrence was eighteen on this list. Trevor Lawrence was eighteen on this list. Um, you know, the first thing here says Lawrence struggled during his rookie season, earning yeah, a 58.3 passing So grade. what? He was probably – it's probably the most derelict of duties NFL coaching job in the history of the sport that Lawrence had to endure, what Urban well, Meyer did. Yeah, Sean Payton. Let's see him weigh in on that. Yeah, I'd like to hear the answer to that. Yeah. I'd like for Sean Payton to, to – to, I'd like his comments on the fact that Urban didn't understand why they weren't trying to win preseason games. I would like Sean Payton's comments about how Urban went into a meeting room and went, who's this 99 from the Rams? We should try to get him. Like, I'd like – I told you. Hey, it's all football. What's what's up with that? How about the presser when he said, yeah, we're, our goal is to be 250, 250. 250 run, 250 pass, yardage. Okay. You're not an Ohio State dude. Like, what are you talking about? 250 team rushing yards? I told you, though, I don't think he had ever seen an NFL game. Like, top to, like start to finish. Like, I don't think he had any idea. He was so bunkered in. But how did he get hired? Because when you're in a room with him, he's impressive. And he talks leadership, and he's straightforward. You ask him a question, you get a direct answer. Like, he's a leader of men. He's all those things. He won all those national titles. But he did not know the sport. 
did not know this. Well, that feels like a prerequisite. But do you just assume that he does? Like, you know, he must know the sport. Like, he's been so successful everywhere. How does he not know what the NFL is and how it works and salary caps? And well, how do they the not understand that the NFL is it theoretically a level playing field, whereas in college you can make sure, sure. that your team is way better than everybody yeah. else? Other than maybe two or three teams. And you can do so by your own value. You're, yeah. You are the recruiter. You you're are the doing program. the recruiting. That's right. You're the program. So you're in control of your roster entirely. Yes. I think Lawrence is going to have a great year. Great yes. year. I think there's a chance. I, I would have them winning the South. Yes. He's, I think they're going to do that. They, Tennessee second. They beat the Chargers last year in a playoff game. Um, there's no reason for me to believe that they're not. Not that we need another good AFC team, but they're going to be good. Could agree more. Yeah. Could agree more. I think they're yeah, they're one of the teams that I think probably feels like they can go deep into the postseason. Yeah. Very good. Stevie, how do you think you did? I feel like you did okay. I think you did too. Thank you. We we have a hard it's a it's a strong hard curve. Yeah. I think that you I'm the gonna standard is the standard. Standard's the standard standard. Uh, well, I'm gonna go a B minus debut. Okay. So that's that's solid. It's pretty good. Lots that we can move up, lots of room. But also, right out of the gates, prepared. What I like most about Esteban's debut, willingness, eagerness. I like that. Commitment. Give me a shot. Give me a shot, Coach. Yeah. I like that. Good job out of you, buddy. Thank you, guys. I think it was better than a lot of Gibbe's performances, to be honest. <sighs> so much more to come. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, so for tomorrow, um, we will air the Jim Brown Celebration of Life. So that will happen right around 1 o'clock. Um, so you will have that. We, we yes. will air that in its uh, through through the duration of it, the completion of it. Uh, that's about an hour and a half is kind of the way yeah. that that'll go. Um, so we will be here to guide you through that. We're not sure exactly the logistics of all of We don't know we'll what's going it, on. But that we will have it. It will be good, I'm certain. Um, and, and we will have that. And then we will have the game tomorrow uh, down in Kent with you and Jim and Gerard on the call on that. Yeah, can't wait. It's, it's unbelievable that it's here. We're the first ones to get to experience it, us and the Jets. And so very much looking forward to it. And obviously – so wonderful to hear from Jim Donovan earlier today. So wonderful to see him. And then tomorrow to get to back, be back in the booth with him. I, I can't wait. Here we go. Is this your first Hall of Fame game? As a, in attendance? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, it's something that I'm sure, like, for you as a kid, like, you were so hungry for football around this time as a kid that we always watched it. Yes. And it's going to be surreal to be down there. As a part of it. As and a part to see of it. all the luminaries like, oh, around. We yeah. know that guy. Yeah. He's down there. There's going to be a lot last. of that. There's yeah. going to be a lot of that. We know that yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a fun Fun. The start of what should be a magical weekend uh, for the organization, most especially for Joe for and yeah. and the rest of it and his wonderful family. But this is uh, it's going to be a fun time down there. I imagine that what you're going to have is the Browns invade Stark County and Canton, and it's going to be a lot of it. So it should be a lot of fun, certainly. Uh, so we look forward to that. Um, so remember, tomorrow around 1 o'clock, Jim Brown Celebration of Life. We'll be here to help guide through some of that. And then the game tomorrow going to be a lot of fun. And what should be a great weekend. Good job out of you, buddy. Good job out of you, Stevie. Excellent work. Esteban. 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 Next Level's coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily. ESPN Cleveland. 
You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.